Welcome to She Constructs, where we have conversations about women with careers in ICI or residential construction, discussing our amazing roles as women in a male-dominated industry. Our tribe is all about building a community over competition. Hi, everybody, and thank you again for joining us for another episode of She Constructs. I'm here today with Jen Castine. She is a project and operations manager. She's here today to talk to us a little bit about what her day looks like, what being a project and operations manager looks like, as well as her other duties at the office, because that is not her primary role as well. And a huge chunk of the ATTO that she's involved in and what is happening with that. So welcome, Jen. Hi, Paula. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Tell us about your day at work. What what do you do? Um, so I work for a commercial architecture firm. Um, the majority of our jobs are something to do with the office. So they're bigger projects. And I am essentially the second in command is the easiest way to understand it. So if something needs to be done in the office, I'm either doing it or helping to organize to make sure that it gets done. Um, whether that's work with a specific project, with training, or just with someone needs to cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That is can be all encompassing, right? Just trying to get someone to cut the grass, like, come on. <laughs> Absolutely. All the things that your day involves, that's that's a big thing, right? Jen, where did you go to school and what did you take? I went to Algonquin College in Ottawa and I took architectural technology. Okay. Um, I started out with the goal of doing becoming an architect and going through the program at university. Um, but as I was kind of introduced to the differences between the two programs, I decided that the, the college one suited my skills and interests a lot more. And I know that you are at home like all of us right now because we are in Ontario and in a state of emergency again. How is that dynamic working for you? <laughs> Um, well, we currently have two adults and two children full-time working from home, essentially. Um, two on virtual school, and then my husband and I have both been working from home since March of last year. Um, wow. So we kind of had a, a rhythm and a routine down, and then all of a sudden we added some kids and found out that our Wi-Fi is just not having it. <laughs> some days it's great, and other days it's not working so well. So. We We're, definitely here bumped our Wi-Fi up to and bought a very expensive router to pump it out. <laughs> yeah, we looked at that, but apparently we're three quarters of the way there. So it was just, well, we're hoping they're going to go back soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jen, tell us about the ATTO. What does What is that and what is your role? So the AATO is the Association of Architectural Technologists of Ontario. So it's the governing body in Ontario for architectural technologists. Um, there is also one other association that's affiliated with the OAA. So that's the one that licenses architects. So they do a little bit with architectural technology as well. Um, but the AATO, we have our own act. We're a self-governing association. Um, we do our own um, certification procedures and go through everyone's education and all of that in our association. 
So we have people that work in architectural technology, um, building officials. Um, we have a lot of people that work as construction project managers and those type of things who want to show their clients that they're affiliated with a professional association um, that they have to answer to to make sure that they're meeting certain standards. And I understand that you have a couple of different hats that you're wearing right now with this association. <laughs> I currently have more hats than what I originally <laughs> intended to. Um, in London, we have our local chapter and our chapter chair uh, three years ago or two years ago became our president. So he's the president of the AATO as a whole right now. And when he took on that role, obviously being the London chapter chair was kind of on the side. So I took over that role for him and I've been taking care of the chapter for a few years now. And then there was a need for someone with my experience on council at the AATO as well, so the board of directors. Um, I had worked with council before and they were having trouble finding someone with my particular experience. And so I joined council again. And then unfortunately, just before Christmas, we had a, our registrar passed away. Um, so I was voted in to take the position of registrar um, to finish off his term as well. Um, in addition to the other committees that I was serving on as well. Wow. Um, what is, what is that, what, what's the dynamics of that group or the demographics is maybe what I mean to ask. Like, is there, is it, is your industry or your section of the industry male dominated? Is it field dominant or female dominated? Uh, that's a changing answer. And even in the, I graduated in 2004. Yeah, I graduated from college in 2004. And from that point to today, there's a massive difference that I can see even. So we're in this period of transition where it's evening out. Um, I heard in one of your other interviews that we're getting close to that 50-50 um, female-male split in colleges now in the architecture program, which is great to see. Um, back when I went, we were we were maybe hitting 20% at the beginning in first semester, and by graduation, we were probably closer to, to 10, maybe 15 at the most. Um, and why that massive change over this short period of time, I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'm happy to see it, and uh, I've noticed the same change happening in the industry on job sites as well. Oh. So when I work with a um, construction company, a, a specific one that has young executive and young project managers, I am not treated any differently than anyone else that walks on the site. But then I recently started a very small job with the, a contractor who's ready to retire and I'm getting things that I forgot um, was even something 10 years ago <laughs> where I'm getting called sweetie and getting apologized to because someone said a swear word in front of me um, mm -hmm. and having people have conversations right beside me and then turn around and explain it to me in different words as if I can't follow. <laughs> so it's, it's good to see that it's changing. Um, you won't find it everywhere, but there's there's definitely a lot of change happening right now. That's I love that. I love that like the next generations of construction coming through 
are not making those, I don't know, faux pas, making those assumptions that, you know, older generations just naturally had for them. So that's great to hear. I love that. That's fantastic. Jen, I know that you've come a long way in your career and I'd like to hear about a mentor or two that you've had that were absolutely phenomenal and, and made a big impact on your career and yourself and your goals. And maybe you had a mentor that was not so great that you'd like to also tell us about. Um, so the, the first person I would mention probably had the largest impact on my career um, is also my current employer. And he's the architect and sole practitioner of our practice. And uh, I was very fortunate to start working with someone like him um, because the fact that I was female or that I was new or I had no idea what I was doing, um, he didn't care. Uh, this is the job. Here it is. Figure it out. And because I, my personality, I guess, was, okay, here's the task. Let's work it out. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. It, it doesn't really matter. Um, he continued to give work like that and has for um, my entire career that I've worked with him. And it's gave me the confidence earlier on than I think I would have got there myself mm -hmm. to try things that maybe I don't know how to do them, but I'm, I'm smart enough, I can figure it out if I put some time and effort into it. Um, so I worked with him for two years and then my husband and I kind of got the travel bug and we moved to England. Um, wow. We were there for four years. And then we moved back and I came to him first before I applied to any other places to ask if he was hiring um, because I knew that it was a good environment for me to mm -hmm. work and grow in. Um, and then when I was working in England, um, I they had a little bit more of maybe the role models that you don't want to watch for. <laughs> um, it's a little bit of an an old boys club, I want to call it, mm -hmm. in the upper executive, in the the ranks of the working mob of people. Uh, it was much more even and everyone worked with each other quite well. Um, but there was, um, my direct supervisor was a woman and she was a, she's about 10 years older than me, I believe, but she had worked for that company since she was 16. So in England, you can do your training on the job and oh. so she had been with the same company since she essentially finished high school. Um, and she had very slowly sort of worked her way into this group of old boys club and kind of forced them to accept her for what she could bring to the table. And I saw how much harder she worked to get the same recognition that some of the men were getting, but never once did I hear her complain or anything else, she knew that she was gonna work hard and she was gonna prove her way and that, that things would be easier for those of us to come behind her. Wow, good for her, that's amazing. Yeah, she worked really hard and um, she's done really well for herself, so. That's fantastic. Um, I wanted to also ask you a little bit, it kind of circles back to the AATO and I forgot to ask you when you were talking about that, the importance of 
volunteering or being engaged in um, committees and things within the industry. Do you think that that is a huge part of women's success? Do you think that becoming a part of that boys club is something that can be expediated when you are in a committee or volunteering in the industry? Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. Um, there's everyone, whether they're male or female, needs to prove themselves when they're new. And uh, we have some extra hurdles in certain circumstances being female. But by volunteering, it sort of gives you that extra time to work through those hurdles to kind of teach you how to interact with people who come from different backgrounds than you do. Um, my whole reason for volunteering with the AATO to start with several years ago was because I was getting into a role in the office where I found that I was um, frequently being put into these situations where I was being asked to communicate or direct people that were of a different background than I was used to working with. And I wasn't always effectively communicating with those people. So um, I looked for some opportunities for volunteering and putting myself outside of my comfort zone uh, and just trying to see what, what I could do, what I could learn in a way that wasn't gonna affect my relationship with people at work. Mm -hmm. And so by volunteering with the AATO, um, I managed to uh, see people from backgrounds even that were directly adjacent to my own career that I would have never thought they saw things as differently as what they do from me and we're we're on these parallel paths and we think we're quite similar but when we talk to each other we find uh, that that's not necessarily the case so especially for women to understand um, the similar struggles that other people might be having. For example, the, the struggles of someone who is an immigrant um, can be quite similar to someone who is female. So by working together and getting those relationships going, then we can um, come to each other for support as well as the learning that comes with that volunteering experience. I think that you are somebody who is wise and has <laughs> lots of advice to share um, what, and Brene Brown does this, and I didn't realize it until I started listening to her podcast. She always asks for a piece of leadership advice, but I just ask for advice for a woman who is trying to break into the industry or who may be struggling a little bit in her current position. Do you have any advice that you would like to share, I guess, besides becoming more involved in the industry by, by a volunteer position? Um, I think the most important piece of advice is sometimes when we're struggling in a certain uh, situation, we find it hard to think outside of that situation. So if you're in an office where you feel like you're getting stonewalled by someone, um, you might assume it's because you're female. It might just be that that person stonewalls everyone. <laughs> so I think it's important to make relationships with people that are in similar and adjacent positions to what you are to help you get some perspective to look at your situation and understand that, especially when you're new, um, everyone has struggles, whether they're male, female, born in Canada, or moved here when 
two years ago. Um, and everyone has different struggles. Some people are just hard to work with, but sometimes once you can figure out how to work with them, that's going to give you skills that you can use in your career moving forward. So don't give up easily just because it's <laughs> difficult. <laughs> Keep working on it and don't be afraid to speak up for yourself as well. If you want something or if you don't like how you're being treated, um, then don't be afraid to, to say so. Otherwise, things won't change. That's great advice. I really like that. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm so glad that you are on with me today. Um, Thank you for having me. I hope that we'll be able to have you back another day. Great. I'd be happy to. Great. Thanks, Jen. You have a great night. Thanks. You too, Paula. Bye. Bye.